This is Gotham TV Podcast, episode 91, about Gotham Mad City, season 3, episode 12, Ghosts. I'm David Mazuz, and you're listening to Gotham TV Podcast. This is Drew Powell, and you're listening to Gotham TV Podcast. This is Robin Lloyd-Taylor, and you're listening to Gotham TV Podcast. Hey there, Gothamites, and welcome back to Gotham TV Podcast, episode 91, where we're talking about Gotham Season 3, episode 12, Ghosts. I'm one of your hosts, Derek. Hi, I'm your other spiritual host this evening, John. <laughs> Great to be back for this episode. Yeah, this was the um, this was the first episode of the uh, the kind of mid season return of Gotham. We had uh, we had the winter finale last week, and this is the episode that followed that uh, in January in the US. Yes, it was. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Yes, they had um, a long time for that. Yeah, it it was a a good good old break now for yeah. for people watching in uh, the USA and Canada. Mm-hmm. Definitely, um, even longer if you're still trying to watch it in the UK. That's true. Um, obviously, uh, still no word from Channel Five. Boo, Aye. Uh, boo hiss. Um, but you know, it was a really good little opening episode to yeah arguably the second half of this season absolutely as i did mention on last week's podcast a little bit of business to get out of the way up front we are on our holidays at the moment so we will be doing a very well reasonably short episode i think uh on this podcast because we want to get back to the sunshine <laughs> and what that does mean we will be traveling uh, returning back in time for next week's podcast but it will be one day late we think probably thursday or friday uh next week is when our podcast will be out uh for th- episode 13 so just make sure you subscribe to the podcast at gothamtvpodcast.com slash itunes if you're an appleite uh or if you're an android person just go to any good or evil podcast catcher and search for gotham tv podcast subscribe to us there so you get the podcast for episode 13 when it's released uh, next week but I think we should crack into the episode, John, what do you think? Uh, absolutely. Derek, what are the episode details? Yep, this episode was directed by Eagle Eggleston, who is a really good flair for directing. He's done many, many episodes all the way back to season one. Uh, the episode was written by Danny Cannon, one of our showrunners. He's got a lot of episodes this season so far. He really has. I- I'm really pleased that he has done as well, because I've really enjoyed... Um, his stuff that he's done in this yeah. season and, and generally the, the episodes he's directed. I, I think it was only the one where Jim was in prison where, um, I think it was Danny Cannon who wrote it. Mm. Um, I wasn't necessarily too fussed on that, but I think generally like he's really good and he has an excellent eye, uh, for, for camera. Um, like we saw like in the, the last, uh, episode, where he was doing the church scene with Leslie and Mario walking um, up the aisle, and obviously with Jim doing uh, being walked out of the church by Falcone's henchmen, yeah, yeah. like really good juxtaposition there. I think like he really has a good visuals flair, and he is very good with the the music as well. Absolutely, yeah, great writer for the show, definitely, and and really good when he gets behind the camera too. Uh, John, do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for this episode of Gotham? Sure. Investigating the discovery of a briefly reanimated corpse, Gordon and Bullock pursue ex-Indian Hill employee Dwight Pollard. But in the wake of Mario's death, Lee confronts Jim in the GCPD over his killing of Mario and screams for him to be arrested. 
Jim remains free, and a vengeful Falcone and a bitter Lee send Zaz and the Zazettes to kill Gordon. However, unsure of her actions, Lee visits Barnes in Arkham, and after seeing what the virus has done to him, Lee realises Gordon may have been justified, and persuades Falcone to reluctantly call off the hit. Elsewhere, Oswald is preparing for an important live TV interview, but starts to become unhinged by ghostly sightings of his father. On the day of the interview, his ghostly father sends a message, leading him to kill his deputy chief of staff, and under the stress, Cobblepot starts to throw insults at Gotham citizens during the live interview, unaware that Nigma is orchestrating his downward spiral. Despite all this commotion at City Hall, Selina accepts her mother, Maria, back into her life over dinner with Bruce and Alfred. As the sun shines on Wayne Manor, a crystal owl in one of the manor's many corridors reveals an unexpected secret. Elsewhere in Gotham, another secret is about to be revealed as Pollard plans to resurrect yet another corpse, one that can't help but smile. I wonder who Smiley Face could be. <laughs> there is no doubt this is the return of Jerome. Yes, we did. We have seen him before all the way through season two um, in that little uh, little tube. But it looks like the tube was rescued from Indian Hill uh, and maybe coming back. It's, He's coming back next week. Right? It certainly looks like <laughs> that. Uh, yes, the morgue has got a leakage problem. Um, yes, a bit like Arkham. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it is definitely the day of the dead comes to Gotham. Mm. The mystery of these corpses lying around. It's it's a, it's a lady initially on the the railway tracks electrocuted, but that she had died several months or weeks ago, um, and now had had managed to move from the morgue to the railway line and then get killed again. Um, so yeah, what was going on here? And we find out that it is Pollard, played by David Dasmalkian. Yes. Um, yeah, who was in Batman uh, The Dark Knight? That's right. Yes. He played one of the Joker's henchmen in that film. Very yeah. recognisable face. Um, a crazy look uh, that he gets in in and the dark knight uh, really, really in ant man as well he was in ant man as well that's right yeah so yeah, um, most well known as the joker's henchman which is quite cool they've cast a joker's henchman as the person that could be bringing jerome back from the dead that's really cool and could be a proto joker henchman yeah. exactly yeah, yeah. um yeah so he is the one involved in this and he's got a really big following it's like it's kind of a bit like how we saw the red hood gang again we see the the chaos and anarchy brought by Jerome's revisitation in season two. Mm -hmm. This is still simmering away under Gotham and and Pollard is the guy who's kind of organizing that. He's his acolyte, if you want, Mm. uh, and who is looking to test the reanimation technology, the experiments that had been done in Indian Hill to bring Jerome back to life. Yeah, and it's quite cool. He worked in in Indian Hill. He he seemed to work for um, the Professor Strange uh, in in Indian Hill, so he seems to have learned some of the techniques from there and taken them with him. I really loved that scene where we had all of the the acolytes of the Joker or all of the uh, people following Jerome. We're not calling him the Joker, right? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Having all of those people in the room uh, replaying that moment where he killed Captain Essen. That was the the scene uh, where he's calling out on camera uh, and shooting cops in the GCP and they're all reiterating all the words that he's saying and laughing along with them. Um, so yeah, it looks like he's uh, his idea of freeing the minds of the crazies of Gotham seems to be getting fruition after his death. Yeah, definitely. Um, I love how um, yeah that reel is playing, and you can just see 
Gordon and Harvey Bullock who have followed him there. You know, they, they're onto him uh, in some way. They think it's primarily down to um, the the girl who's found on the railway tracks, mm-hmm. dead after being reanimated. But I love how they try and take on this entire theatre and seemingly succeed as well. <laughs> um, I mean, they must be outnumbered at least sort of fifty to to one or yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, but they they do shoot in the air and say the uh, the GCPD are here, so they do have guns on their side, which has probably driven a lot of people off. But also, there's not these people are acolytes and followers they don't sound like they are the henchmen yet so there may be a few henchmen in there absolutely yeah. but i think from one happy family to another mm-hmm. uh, and we really see a lovely moment here for our second note um that selena and her mom maria uh overcome a few initial difficulties obviously with the fact that she you know, drops Selena off at an orphanage, left town, and this is now the first time, what, in 14, 15 years that um, she's returned suddenly out of the blue, saving their bacon. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, but it's it's a really nice interaction, this. Uh, I think for Bruce and Selena, as much as for Selena and Maria, and of course also for Alfred and Selena's mum. Um, you know, there's obviously a little spark, a little twinkle in the eye there. Whether it will go anywhere, who knows? But a little I bit like- hope Alfred does, you know, manage to find love being cooped up in uh, Wayne Manor as he is. <laughs> I mean, I think, you know, that would be a pretty good success rate. Absolutely, in yeah. Furnace. Yeah, yeah, he's so good they actually come round to his house. Exactly. Yeah, and I think as well for Bruce and Selena, the fact that Bruce persuades Selena to kind of, you know, think again about, you know, starting to build her relationship with her mum despite everything that's gone. Yeah. You know, to think of it as water under the bridge and really to let bygones be good bygones and, and really kind of try and work at their relationship. And they end off in a really nice place in Wayne Manor. Yeah. Um, having another gastronomic delight from Alfred, mm-hmm. who had just come back from voicing a... Master Chef UK. Um, <laughs> so he's got all the secrets. He's got all the secrets. Um, but it's really nice, I think, uh, idea. Now it, it quickly heads, uh, south towards the end where poor Maria still chasing, uh, sorry, still being chased by her past to some extent. Um, being confronted by some chap in the hotel room looking for Dosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, I did definitely like the actress that was playing Maria. Uh, she has definitely got that look that's very similar to Cameron Beacon Dover as well. You can almost see them as uh, mother and daughter. I really definitely. wish they'd been able to reach out and get Michelle Pfeiffer. I know she probably wouldn't have done Gotham. But it would have been very cool. They were definitely aiming for that look. That people have said it many times, and we totally agree that Camera Beacon Dover really does look like a young, um, a young Michelle Pfeiffer who played obviously Catwoman in Batman Returns. Um, it would have been cool if they'd gotten gotten her in for this part for a couple episodes of the show. That would have been pretty awesome, I must say. Michelle Pfeiffer from uh, Batman Two under the helm of uh, Tim Burton, mm-hmm. all the way through to Stardust. Um, really, really enjoy it. And a great little turn in What Lies Beneath. Absolutely. Uh, a bit of horror. Yeah, yeah. yeah really, um, that would have been excellent. In, yeah. the, in, like, in the same way that they got Paul Rubens to play Penguin's father uh, in the movie, which is Absolutely. from, which is from uh, Batman Returns as well. So uh, it would have been quite cool if they got another member of the cast back to uh, back to play 
uh, another another character connected to our characters in the show. That'd be quite cool. Absolutely. But speaking of Paul Rubens, mm-hmm. ooh, the ghost of Christmas past. Uh-huh. Yeah, Oswald's father returns, uh, yes. returns from the dead. He's been dug up, and presumably some witchcraftery is going on somewhere in Gotham, or so we think. Um, but it's all a ruse. I know, I know. I really like this, I must say. I was really thinking that they'd gone very um, very supernatural in this episode, very similar to uh, Spirit of the Goat, I think, was the last one that was very supernatural in Gotham. Yeah. Um, I kind of thought that this was something that Oswald was going a little bit crazy with everything that had gone on in his life and that he was being pushed over the edge or something had happened to him that he was seeing the ghost of his father. Uh, I loved the twist here, that this is something that was being orchestrated by uh, Ed Nigma to drive him insane and to drive him to uh, call out who he really is to the people of Gotham. Um, fascinating. And we get our appearance of Clayface here. Yeah, really so good use of Clayface here. Yeah, really good. Um, like, And again, they've not set a nice little precedent where, you know, even for the audience, can you believe what you see now? Mm-hmm. You know, when, when some of these things crop up. I suspect, um, you know, if... Oswald finds out he might ask Clayface to turn into Isabella or Christine Kringle. Maybe. <laughs> to really put the knife in. Well, like we that. know penguins like uh, like knives. <laughs> yes, he does. He does. Um, but yeah, I really like just the whole flow of this where uh, a little clue's been given to him by his father saying, um, beware the birthday boy. So whoever's birthday it is, it is going to be, uh, they're going to be the ones responsible. And Ed's now set up the new um, right-hand man for Penguin to be the one that's going to take the fall for this. And, yeah, obviously Oswald doesn't disappoint stabbing and killing uh, his new right-hand man in the back um, when, he, <laughs> when he finds out that it was his birthday and that the body is in his office. So. I think it's a golf trophy. Um, oh, that's what yes. I'm Yeah, yeah. I think uh, he is... Um, I think four would be the... Four hefty wax across the head... Um, with a nice bloody golf club uh, on on the trophy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Sorry. I I, I obviously just assumed that he'd stabbed him. (laughs) But, I mean, the good thing about this is it's Enigma, as you said, delivering on his promise that he will destroy Oswald. He won't just simply um, kill him or extract even some kind of minimal revenge. This Mm -hmm. is, he's using his father. He effectively... Um, sets Oswald up to really fluff his interview with, you know, a harsh interviewer. It's almost like Jeremy Paxman, uh, of the Gotham world, you know, and who's not a fan of Oswald. So, you know, starts to ask probing questions and really Oswald is all at sea. He's fluffing his lines. He's distracted. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, uh, with the whole of Gotham watching this live interview of a mayor who's quite frankly done so much, um, really says who cares about the people (laughs) yeah but we all know that about politicians anyway so it should not have come as too much of a surprise um to uh the 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 viewers that maybe politicians don't necessarily have the interests of their electorate at heart (laughs) and in particular oswald yes yes in particular in particular him um but yeah no really interesting scene i really like i really like these moments and and again obviously you know how connected oswald is to his father so uh so so using his father against him in this way is uh, is definitely quite interesting um and presumably this is only the starter as well ed nigma has still got a, a full taster menu to 
to pass on by Oswald. So be really interesting to see what else he begins to do to Oswald. Yeah. And um, I really hope that Olga doesn't feature in this because um I suspect she could get cooked or something and served up to him or in the spirit of, you know, what Oswald did to his foster family mm. and well his his dad's uh former wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, so who knows how dark this this storyline could could be if Ed Nigma is absolutely going to destroy Oswald Cobblepot. Yeah, anything can happen in Gotham. Uh, but speaking of revenge, I think on to case note four. Uh, the last time we left uh, Leslie, uh, her new husband Mario had just been shot to death um, by <laughs> by Jim right in front of her. Yeah, um, or right behind her actually, because she couldn't see the fact that he was carrying a knife about to kill her. Uh, what we see here is that she is going after Jim. She walks into the GCP trying to find out why hasn't he been arrested. She calls out the fact that Jim killed her husband when he left the last person, Captain Barnes, who was infected. She le- he left him alive, yet Jim hasn't been arrested for the murder of Mario. So, you know, it is it is a, a really interesting moment here. This uh, this couple have now completely broken apart. And she goes for revenge even worse. She sends yeah. Zaz after him. Yeah, with Falcone, I mean, it is both of them in cahoots. And actually, I think that was a really nice touch that they put in this, that you know, Carmine does put the question to her, you know, are you happy with this? Because you mm-hmm. have to live with it. You know, really saying, this is what I do day in, day out. This is my bread and butter. Um, but for, for Leslie Tompkins, this is absolutely against character. Um, but you see the absolute bitterness uh in her by when she confronts jim in the gcpd mm-hmm. i still think that you know jim not being arrested or at least not being sort of talked to about what happened you know that maybe was missing slightly uh-huh. for, from this just so that you got an idea of why he still was remained free she really has decided he is the virus uh, as she says yeah and that everything that he touches, gets involved with, turns to ashes. I really sometimes wish, and we've mentioned this before, that you know, I wish Gotham would see the potential in a storyline like that. I mean, her confrontation of Jim in the GCPD was brilliant. Yeah. I absolutely loved it. And to see that level of confrontation and uh, between the two of them who used to date, you know, there was some tender moments between these two characters Mm -hmm. to see that over a few episodes. I would have really enjoyed to just see where they took that, how they dealt with it. Um, I think it would have been really nice, but we do see Leslie go and visit Barnes and ultimately call off the hit on Jim because, um, because she really sees that the virus is all consuming, all it's, encompassing. It's a great scene, isn't it? I love, I love that moment where she's, you know, she's having a conversation with him and Barnes is going, I was fine. I was in control the whole time. You know, everything was fine. And then he starts to spin and spiral worse and worse going, they will all be judged. Everybody well, yeah. will be judged. I love that moment where Leslie is, could have almost walked out after that first bit of the conversation with him thinking Jim was still wrong. And then by the end of it, she's going, okay, he is a nut job there. <laughs> he is, but there is still that whole thing that's been brought up about the potentially being um, a antidote or a cure for this virus. Mm-hmm. It's not out of the realms of possibility that that could still happen. Therefore, I think 
and I think this is it. I think her confrontation in the GCPD, her accusations against Jim still stand here. Um, that he still could be saved, as could Barnes. Yes, it's all consuming, but uh-huh. it's it's a virus. Um, and, and he went. And the important part is that Jim went for the kill shot. He could have gone for the legs. He could have gone for the arms. Yeah, he went for the kill shot. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And I, I think as well. As I said last time, I think for Mario, the bit of sympathy I have with him is that it was to do with the, um, not the Riddler, it's to do with the Mad Hatter's revenge against Jim. Mm-hmm. So actually, Jim is even involved with the fact that Mario was injected with Alice's blood in That's the right. first place. Yeah, yeah. And I, so it would have been nice to have seen that just play out a bit more. Um, because I thought, I thought, it was a really, really meaty performance from Leslie Tompkins doing that. It really was was great to see that kind of visceral sort of reaction that she had, and to go all mafioso on on Jim with Carmine. Really good, and of course, you know, Carmine does say after she's called the the hit off, "If it was up to me, you would be dead." To mm-hmm. to Jim when he goes to say that it's been called off. Yeah. Yeah, so very similar to why Tabitha Galavan is still alive, uh, because uh, Butch Gilzine's protecting her from uh, from Oswald. At least that's how it started out the season. But in a very similar way here, Leslie's kind of protecting Jim because unless she gives the go ahead, um, Carmine Falcone will not kill Jim. So, uh, absolutely. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see if anything breaks down between their, their relationship. But does that mean the hits back on on Jim? Um, because again, he did kill. Uh, Carmine's son, you know, it's a, yeah. it's a big thing. Like that's still, I think, on the simmer, definitely, mm-hmm. and can boil at any moment. Yeah. It really can. Yeah. Um, we have then another thing that is simmering um, underneath the the world of Gotham at the moment is the Court of Owls mm. and this crystal owl statue that we had yeah Yeah, we have the crystal maze sort of projected (laughs) onto uh, the wall of wayne manor as the sun hits the owl a map is revealed Mm -hmm. and you don't really get to see too much detail other than that that it is actually a map yeah but it's um yeah it's very raiders of the lost ark i kind of liked it i like the idea because i think certainly last week we were both there going okay what is going is it just like you just break it open and there's a parchment or something in there or another key yeah. um or you know some secret formula to kill only the court of owls yeah but <laughs> this is really cool because hopefully now we do get to see some detective work from the young Bruce Wayne and Alfred mm-hmm. um but they don't know that this has um the map revealed yes they 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 are still unaware of this Mm -hmm. um, and are still trying to figure out what this owl means so it was a nice little sort of nod in for the audience to kind of be ahead of the game there but it 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 will be really interesting to see this sort of develop i think yeah yeah it feels like their storyline is a little bit like a russian doll it feels like every time they investigate anything there's something else behind it over and over again you know so this is a map but what's it a map to What's it going to be at the end of it? Is that is it the end of the map? Is it going to be another key to something else? Is it going to be all of the files? Are they going to find everything about the Owl statue? Right the way back to our first moment with Bruce and Alfred when, when Bruce wants to go and investigate who's killed his parents. There's always been something else 
all leading to the future of the Batman, all leading to something. He's never really achieved any of the uh, the final goals that he needed to achieve. There's always something else that's pushing them along. So, But this is really interesting. I really like this. I also like the little touch that Bruce says, um, we need to put it somewhere safe, and Alfred suggests the cave. If they put it in the cave, that means no natural sunlight. Therefore, they will never discover that. That is true. Yeah, so, yeah. Like that little touch. Unless they have it in exactly the right spot that when they turn on the lights, something happens. <laughs> no, I have a feeling it's it's going to be either they will see it when they're picking it up to bring it to the cave, or they'll never see the map. It'll be something that'll be hidden. So uh, intrigued to find out. What Definitely, but it's good to see the old Bruce Cave uh, back in the in the equation. Absolutely, at least mentioned. At least mentioned. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we asked David uh, Mazus about that in our, in our interview. Would we see the Bat Cave in the future? He didn't uh, didn't confirm or deny it. So hopefully we will see the cave again. Yes, hopefully. Uh, yeah. But yeah, really, really good. I think that's it for the top five points about the episode. There is obviously our usual bullockism of the week. If you haven't entered our competition yet, all you need to do is email us to feedback at gothamtvpodcast.com with your favourite Harvey Bullock moment and you could win our Harvey Bullock pop and the, a set of base cards for season one of the Gotham trading cards. Kindly donated by one of our listeners. Thank you so much for that, Claire. Um, our bullockism of the week this week really is related to the <laughs> the returning bodies from the morgue. Uh, Harvey Bullock says, doesn't anyone die in Gotham anymore? He's absolutely right. So many characters have come back so far. All the way back to, obviously, uh, Mayor Gallivan coming back um, and getting killed again with a nice bazooka. Um, Jerome is being set up for his... Second return. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. We had Fish Mooney obviously returning from what everybody thought was the dead. Um, loads yeah. of characters coming back. So, so yeah, poor Harvey uh, in exasperation, no, yeah. throwing hands to the air, going, Doesn't anyone die in Gotham anymore? How do you know when someone's gone? You know? No one is dead potentially in Gotham or in any comic book story at all. Just watch The Flash for a while. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. So, John, overall, what do you think of the episode? Again, this was a really good uh episode really good opener uh back into sort of the second half of this season mm-hmm. um yeah i would give this another solid uh four bloody golf statues out of five and <laughs> um, to me this was just it was really good for me the best part of it was leslie and falcone and, and their sort of teaming up to send Zaz after Jim Gordon. I really enjoyed that, and I really wished that maybe that just sort of persisted a bit more and she hadn't gone to Barnes, or even if she had done, that she kind of still realized there could be a cure, Mm -hmm. Um, you know? So I really, I think uh, that was superb. I love the reveal of the map through the owl. It's got real potential to be a nice little anchor point for a good investigation into you know how you can destroy the court of owls or weaken them at least and it was just a nice moment to see uh oswald uh re reunited with his dead father to some extent Mm. in this and but also the machinations of that new grouping now of ed barbara uh, tabitha and butch behind uh, that sort of slow undermining of the mayor of Gotham. Absolutely. Uh, and, yeah, obviously to see Selina and her mum sort of reunited uh, through Bruce and Alfred maybe having, you know, a little bit of romance blossoming here. Really, really good episode. Although I did love the scene when uh, when Selina is stealing 
uh, Alfred's wallet, and then his mom goes in for the hug and steals his pocket watch. <laughs> that was quite, yeah, quite that was good. very so, cool. So I'm not too sure whether that was just part of of the moment where she's stealing the pocket watch, or if there's really something between him and Alfred, her and Alfred. Uh, hopefully, we'll see that in future. That would be good to see that. Good to see them together. I think it's time to get on to feedback, John. And we have some audio feedback. If you want to leave us some audio feedback, all you need to do is go to our website, GothamTVPodcast.com. On the right-hand side of the website, you'll see uh, a place to leave a voicemail for us. You can leave up to 90 seconds of your voicemail. Or do what Claire did and leave us multiple voicemails and we can stitch them together in the podcast and have a chat about your thoughts about the episode. Uh, these are on the last episode of Gotham TV Podcast, episode 11. Um, this is Claire. Hi, John and Derek. First of all, I agree with John. Jim Gordon can be an absolute nightmare. I did enjoy the process of Leslie and Mario's wedding day. Mario's game of guess who has the virus was a really was really intriguing. When Jim wakes up with Arkham written on his hand, it leads Jim to Jervis and one of my favourite scenes in the episode. The rhymes that Jervis speak leads Jim to Mario, but Jim was clever in himself as he manages to get it out of Jervis. Also, I'm glad my theory that Mario was injecting himself with the virus and was completely wrong and he was infected by Tetch. The jealous rage that the virus enhances in Mario for me actually made him a really interesting character. I like how they use Lucius in this episode, running tests on Mario and then eventually noticing that there is a high dosage of virus blocker in his blood. With Jim pleading to Falcone to reveal where Leslie and Mario have gone on their honeymoon and makes a good case if Mario kills Lee then he won't be able to return from that place. You just know it's not going to go to plan when Jim promises he will bring Mario in alive. Then again Leslie doesn't help matters when she admits that she cares deeply for Jim and always will. It's not really what a virus filled Mario wants to hear. Ed's reaction to finding out from Barbara that he was his friend Oswald cut the brakes of Isabella's car was a scene of genuine enlightenment and heartbreak. I really liked the way Barbara gave the pieces of information, but still there was a little doubt in Ed that Oswald would do that. When Ed was very cleverly using his resignation to seek the truth from Oswald, I just loved the mix and horror and heartbreak of the truth. When Oswald tells Ed he's the best friend he has ever had and doesn't want to lose him and then promises he will never mention the conversation again, I felt again we were seeing a genuine emotion from Oswald. Unfortunately for Oswald, he doesn't know that Ed has been visualising his murder. The surprise for me was when Ed went to the sirens and told Barbara Butch and Tabitha that he wants revenge on Oswald. Not by killing him, but wants to destroy him. I definitely think Oswald has got one of the biggest challenges ahead of himself, and I actually don't blame Ed for wanting to get revenge on Oswald, as he very selfishly took away someone that was important and even possibly loved. The new team up with Barbara is very interesting, and maybe a Queen of Gotham will, will, will reign. So who is Selena's mystery mum? After some impressive scenes with Bruce, Alfred and Selena and eventually using the key to open the safe, revealing a sculpture of a crystal owl. The tightrope work with Selena Bruce was brilliant. This little action scene really brought a tense excitement to the episode. As always, Alfred showing just what a handy butler he is and taking out Talon. Selena revealing that the person that has been watching them all along was her mum. Is she connected to the Court of Owls? more questions. Great to see Zaz back. Tabitha's hand was successfully saved and no matter what happens happens between Ed and Oswald, I will always be Team Penguin. Thanks for the podcast, guys. Speak to you soon. 
Thank you so much for the the voice feedback there, Claire. It's really uh, good to hear from you, mm. uh, and I'm really glad that you agree with me on on my point of Jim. I thought that was a, a potentially a bit controversial, but um, you know, sometimes you kind of get frustrated with Jim uh, and and his sheer sort of dogged determination, mm. which doesn't seem to come from anywhere. But yeah, it's uh, it's good to to see that. I have at least one person in agreement with me. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'm in agreement with you sometimes. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> um, I completely agree. You know, Mario, when he was infected, that sort of amplification of his his jealousy was really, really good. Um, and again, he just seemed to go and become more and more like um, the 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 long Halloween's version of Mario, who mm. is also goes, um, I think, slightly mad in in the in that comic run, uh, down to the Calendar Man in that case. But it's it's a really good uh, look. As I say, he looked like the the character anyway from the comic book. That's but, true. Um, his eyes got bigger and he became more neurotic and it was really, really good. Um, I think, yeah, Leslie can most certainly be her worst enemy. Um, you know, even just, I mean, she didn't know that Mario would go over the edge in that way. And I think actually at that stage, it probably was a harmless, you know, well, you know, I've lived part of my life with him. I'm going to have some kind of recollection, uh, some kind of memory, some kind of feeling towards him, whether it's positive or negative. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, even just the fact that she gives Jim a little hint that she still loves him as well, I think um, it, it it doesn't help. We know now, Claire, what size you're on in this feud between Ed and Oswald. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Team Penguin. I'm wondering if I'm probably Team Riddler. I do like Ooh. the Riddler. I like the Penguin as well. I'm Team Hatter. There we go. <laughs> uh, someone who has got nothing to do with this feud. And I, I completely agree that uh, look from Ed Nigma, uh, where you see his life kind of just drop away from him uh, was really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm actually, I've, I've always been an Oswald fan. I love Oswald. I always hate to see him being mistreated. But he did kill Ed's girlfriend. Um, you know, <laughs> I do think Ed is the wronged person in this situation. Oh, definitely. But now that he's torturing Oswald. Definitely. But I, I think from our interview with, with Oswald, uh, <laughs> of course, we didn't interview Oswald Cobblepot. No. We interviewed Robin Lord Taylor. But I think with our interview of Robin Lord Taylor, you know, the interesting thing that he kind of pulled out um, really from when... Derek asked the question was that actually Oswald doesn't know how to really deal with other people. Yeah, he's, he just... you know, he's a bit socially inept. He doesn't really know where the boundaries are. Mm. And I mean, from that place, he is thinking that this is kind of what you do, I suppose. He, he is a bit of a sociopath. Yeah. So it's a, it's a really interesting feud that's going to develop here. And certainly given that it's one of, um, you know, total annihilation from ed's part really you mm-hmm. know 
body, mind, and soul. Um, and the fact that Oswald doesn't even know just makes it even more juicy in that sense. Um, you know, Selena's mom is going to be an intriguing one. I yeah. wonder how much more we will see of her. I, I'm, I have a feeling that she might drop in and out a bit, but I hope they do a nice sustained uh, storyline uh, of her because, yeah, you know, is she connected to the Court of Owls? Why did she make this moment to reappear? Or is she involved with the Whisperers? Mm-hmm, you know, who was the guy looking for money in the hotel room? Is it mm. just that she's a crook? She's a thief? Um, and she knew that there was something valuable in this location. Maybe. maybe. Um, just something as simple as that, but well, she, certainly a lot of questions that... Absolutely, and she did disappear at the drop of a hat 12 years ago, so maybe we just will never see her again. But I don't think she'll leave Selena to these uh, to these guys that have... Um, that have approached for for the money back. I suppose, so. No, and yeah. hopefully, you know, it will be Team Alfred and Maria, um, both a handy butler and a handy thief, mm-hmm. uh, really coming in here to um, to save uh, Bruce and Selina when things get tight in their battle with the Court of Owls. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that actual, that tightrope walk was really a nice little scene. It, as I say, I, I definitely thought it was being done for real almost. Um, I think the way um, Cameron B. Kandova conveyed sort of the concentration cool. of, of doing it was really, really good. Yeah, it's very good. Um, definitely. But uh, yeah, thank you so much, Claire, for all that f- feedback. Absolutely. It is really appreciated. Um, Great as to we- hear from you, yeah. Absolutely. Um, and remember, anyone... Uh, can leave feedback just go over to gothamtvpodcast.com and on the right hand side there is a leave voicemail option and you can leave up to 90 seconds uh, of, of your thoughts comments or discussion points absolutely or if you want to send us some written email you can email us over at feedback at gothamtvpodcast.com or come and join us on our group on facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash gothamtvpodcast i think it's time to get back to the beach john I think so. And the pina coladas. <laughs> I know, I know. Right, talk to you next time, Gothamites. Yeah, thank you so much for listening as always, and we will speak with you again next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for being a Butch supporter. Butch loves you, baby.